0: and welcome to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Today our honoured guest is Elizabeth Solaru. She is the founder of the Luxury Business Emporium and I'm so delighted that she's here with us today all the way from the UK. Welcome Elizabeth.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate being on your podcast and I am so looking forward to it.
0: Oh, well, I'd love to dive in and learn about you and your story and how you founded, like, what was the journey that led up to, to becoming the, the founder of the Luxury Business Emporium?
1: Right. Um, in a nutshell, I, after university, uh, I got several degrees and I became a microbiologist. So I was actually a scientist I worked in a hospital. I trained in one of the best hospitals in the UK. I worked in a number of hospitals for about 13 years. And then I just got tired of being, I call it a lab rat because it was just, um, you know it was diagnostic microbiology with a bit of research. And I was literally about to sign up for a PhD when I just thought, oh my God, there, there has to be more to life. So I went back to university. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I know I wanted to do something in business. So I went back to university and I did an MBA. When I got my MBA, I thought, okay, it'll be a great way to facilitate a career change. However, I quickly discovered that it's not enough to get the degree. You've got to network. You've got to go out there, sell yourself in order to do this because former scientists who whatever it is I want to do is a massive gap. So did did a bit of networking and I landed a job as a headhunter in the city of London. So I went from a laboratory to recruiting chief executives, chairmen, directors, C-suite executives with um, little or no training. But somehow my way of doing things, I'm very creative, I found ways of networking outside of, because in the UK it's all about who you know, who you went to school with, that sort of thing. But I did network, I did make uh, get to know people, and I became um, somebody who uh, was a connector. So I would introduce people to each other, I will facilitate. So I became a headhunter, but it was 18 hour days, it was very stressful, yes. so I started baking. Now, the thing about baking is I, I was always I always baked, you know, right from when I was a child. So times of stress, I bake. <laughs> <laughs> so I took my I took my baked goods to into the office a few times and everyone kept saying, oh, my God, these are amazing. Um, you know, but I never thought anything of it. Uh, then a recession hit. I think it was around 2008 and I lost my job. And I also hit a milestone birthday and I thought if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. So I became a cake maker, a full time cake maker, which is a bit crazy. Um, My parents, you know, being typical African, all about education. They didn't understand why somebody with five degrees will go, you know, just leave their job and then go and become a, a cake maker. But um, little did I know that it was actually the start of an adventure in my life. I, I mean, the cake making has taken me everywhere. I, by some random fluke, and it's you know, I can tell the story much um, in greater detail later. By some random fluke, I literally got to work for the uh, the late um, Queen uh, Queen Elizabeth. I worked for her cousin, the only person allowed to give her a hard call. The, the only person that called her by her name, I got to work for her um, supplying cakes for her clients. And um, again, later on, I will share with you the woman, you know, Lady Elizabeth, and, and by some, again, her name's Elizabeth, <laughs> Buy some, you know, she was the most gracious, mm-hmm. most amazing person. And she just took a chance on me, gave me the opportunity. So I made cakes for people like her. I've made cakes for... A-listers, I've been flown all over the world. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This summer, I was, you know, I was flying back and forth between the UK and the South of France. So anyway, so I did the case, everything was going great. And then the pandemic hit. When the pandemic hit, I was like many people, um, especially at my age, um, because for me, I when once I love what I do, I'm focused, but I never thought of doing anything else. So... I then had to, you know, go into myself and think, oh, my goodness, um, you know, I need to think of other things I can do. However, the opportunity came to me because a lot of people were calling me saying, oh, my God, Elizabeth, what should I do? There's no money coming in. We have a pandemic. And because I was a former microbiologist, I found myself on online speaking engagements I was asked to speak a lot I was trying to explain break things down to people not to panic not to worry we will come out of it so given advice I became a mentor I became a coach so I set up the luxury business emporium because a lot of luxury businesses especially when starting up they don't, uh, there's there's actually no resources for them to go to. There are luxury um, schools of, you know, there are schools of luxury management, lots of degrees out there in terms of luxury management. But most of them are training future CEOs or managers for large brands. They are not training people for small businesses. So all the things you do as a small business times 10. And also there's no teaching, I found around the different types of luxury clients, the different categories. So that got me intrigued. I reached out to a number of professors. I did a bit of research. And then I founded the luxury business Emporium. And that's what's brought me to this point.
0: That's incredible. I had no (laughs) idea your story was going to have all of these elements. And it's kind of as a scientist, baking makes sense, right? It's a it's a very exact science when you bake. Because I I'm really into food myself. That's like a huge focus of, of, of my life. Um, but I'm not really a, I'm not really a baker. Like I will bake and I can bake well, but it's not my favorite thing because I have to measure everything and it's <laughs> sad, you know, and I have to repeat it. You know, it's like, but I can see as a microbiologist and a scientist how that would be um very exciting for you. And it was as if you had to have that experience in order to see the market needs, and then you apply your MBA. Um, on top of it, you know, and then uh, here you are, it's like, as if all of these stops along the journey had to happen in order for you to do what you're doing today. That's pretty amazing. I love how life is like that, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I just love that, you know, things that don't make
1: sense at the time, they kind of like come together because I remember taking that leap in 2008 and thinking, oh my God, you know, this is crazy. I had no capital. Um, I joked that I had an old Kenwood mixer and, <laughs> <laughs> and um, a few dollars, you know, a few dollars in the bank. But um again, it goes back to when I was a headhunter, for example, uh, we were told to make a hundred cold calls a week on top of your interviewing, on top of your writing reports, on top of your pitching, on top of your networking with clients. You had to make a hundred cold calls. A week and I kind of just thought to myself okay here's the yellow pages because in those days we didn't have a directory on Google we had Yale or the yellow pages so I took I literally took the yellow pages and I called every planner in that book this was this is uh, where the story I told about Lady Elizabeth this is where it comes to life one of the offices I called was her office I did not know that Um, there was a young voice at the end and she said do you make cupcakes and I said of course I make cupcakes and I did something which again um, very cheeky I just said oh by the way I'm going to be in your area in a few days Um, would you mind if I drop some samples for you and the lady and the lady at the other end she said of course you know you know you're most welcome so I went I dropped the samples I acted like I was the courier not I was the business owner I just said oh hello Delivery from Elizabeth, dropped off the samples and literally ran out because I was thinking, oh, my God, you know, I mean, I didn't know who the owner was at the time. But by the time I got home, I got a phone call from Lady Elizabeth herself saying, "Uh, would you mind coming back? And so we can talk to you about placing an order. And (laughs) Uh (laughs) that was one of the most memorable days of my life. Uh Unfortunately, um, as, as you do. Being my, you know, my first major high-end client, I charged too little. Um, she gave me a check. It was from a private bank. I'd never seen a private bank check before in my life. Um, but I was, you know, I wish I could have photocopied it or framed it, because, but I was too poor. I had to cash it. <laughs> but um, that was the beginning of, of a relationship with her. It's
0: really beautiful. And I thank you so much for, for sharing that story, because uh, I think a lot of us don't realize how literally our hard work and our efforts, our, our intentions and the desires in our hearts and minds manifest instantly. You know, it, it's like that day, of course, may have taken many days to, you know, uh, of preparation, but it's like it, it all can change in an instant. Our lives can change in an instant. And that is something that is not... That not everyone is, uh, is, is present to you. with the levels of anxiety and depression that most of the world is experiencing right now post-pandemic and um, what's happening uh, you know for us collectively um, that energy uh, of trust and belief and faith is really waning I don't know if you would agree if it's like that in UK I, it's like I that.
1: completely I completely agree and I'm finding that what you've described is actually manifesting, especially in younger people, they are checking out. They are literally saying, we cannot deal with this. We are checking out of this. We're we're getting off the wheel because we're we're like the hamsters on a wheel going round and round and round and round and round. round. Um, We've been hit by, I think we underestimate the effects of the pandemic. Um, For the older generation, sometimes we like to believe we are more resilient and maybe the younger ones, oh, they're not so resilient, they're spoilt, et cetera. But one thing I do admire about the younger generation is they are in touch with their feelings and they are acknowledging that. We sometimes will absorb those feelings, but it has to go somewhere and it will come out as something. And I think that's why it's important now that we, certainly in the UK, I don't know how much you know about the UK, but we are in a bit of a mess at the moment, a bit of a shambles with the government, with a number of things. Yeah, yeah. but this is why I believe that more than ever, we need voices like yours to say to people, it's going to be okay, it's all right, we will get through this, and it's okay to feel the way you feel, and you need to put your wellness and your vitality and your essence and everything that makes you you, you need to put that first. And whichever way you need to do that, it's okay to go ahead and do that mm. and everything to everybody. So that I mean, you know, that's what I, I firmly believe, and that's why I'm so grateful for a voice like yours.
0: Ah, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I do want to address uh, something really briefly that you you spoke about regarding the emotions. So I was talking about this with some friends yesterday, and uh, emotions are there, right? Just like hover yeah. will come, or the clouds will come, the rain will fall. Like you know, our emotions are there. And so for for many years, I think we were taught uh, to stuff those down either with food or like you said, like just kind of push them away or shove them somewhere else because it's not convenient to have uncomfortable feelings. Yeah. And so the, the younger generation is more, I have a 17 year old daughter and she's super, you know, like this is the way I feel, you know, yeah. like I'm going to tell you. But like there's a, there's a really fine line between, and this is also for us of all ages, men and women, um, identifying with the feeling. Versus shoving it down, pushing it away, pushing it under, or smearing it on somebody. And these are usually the, the two things that, that, that happen. Um, and, and what I've figured out is that we have to move it through. You know, just like, um, you know, when you're mixing your cake batter, like you 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 can't do it too much and you can't do it too little. It has to be just so, right? You have to have that texture. And um, I I think there's really not any separation between the manifest and the unmanifest world. And feelings and emotions are like the unmanifest world of vibration, so to say. They have been able to measure them. So um, they're not that intangible, but they're intangible to us, essentially, because we can't hold them in our hands, per se. But moving it through with um, different techniques, breath, um, exercise, sound. Um, I've got a lot of tools that I use with my clients and that—that that is um, a powerful, powerful method. I believe if you go to the mind, through the mind, you go crazy. But if you go to the mind, through the body, you stay yes. sane. And the emotions are held you know, in the body and we can move them through. That's the only way I've found so far is moving them through. But I want to get back to the luxury business important. You talked about the different, if I may, Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. um, I want to get back to the, something you said about their like different types of luxury clients. Um, I think sometimes people listening might think, "Well, why are we talking about luxury business people when there are so many problems in the world, so many people who need help, um, and whatnot?" And so, I just want to, I just want to say that you know, luxury people are people too. Yeah. And, um And so I, you know, I'm really excited to explore this topic. Um, so what are the different categories that you've identified as these different luxury business clients?
1: OK, I will um, give you a few examples. So um, and it's really um, interesting that, yes, I know right now um, lots of people, you know, have they're having to choose between food and heating, certainly in the UK. So while we talk about luxury, um The recovery, this is how it happens. In many economies right now, um, because I read a few luxury reports, the recovery is actually starting from the luxury end of things. So despite what's going on in the world, luxury goods, actually um, uh, 288 billion euros of luxury goods were sold just this year oh no sorry last year yeah it's driving the economy i get it yeah exactly driving the economy so uh, and also the the funny thing is most of the goods are actually not bought by the super rich they're actually bought by middle-class families because Mm -hmm. as a result of the pandemic they actually wanted to live so a way for them to live was to actually go out and say you know what I'm not going to deprive myself of that handbag that I've been wanted to buy, but I've, you know, I keep pushing it, I keep saying there are other important things. I might as well live. Pandemic's over, however. Now, in terms of the different types of clients, I will give you two examples. There's a type that I call safety first. So it's all about security. They may have money, they may have tons of money, but It manifests in the way they buy. So if they want to buy from you, they're not necessarily buying the fact that you do the best product. They're buying the fact that you will make them feel safe and secure. You will not divulge their business. You'll be very, very discreet. You will make sure that nobody knows, you know, what they bought, how they bought. If the press come knocking on your door, you will keep your mouth shut. I call them safety first. So during the pandemic, this was how they behaved. They literally picked up all their children from around the world and made them come to them and they all lived in the same house. Now you might think, well, what's the big deal with that? We ordinary people do that, but for people who are super rich and they've got several houses all around the world, there was something there in going back to the nesting. You, you've, you found these super rich um, matriarchs or patriarchs saying, right, Money is not important. The most important thing are my children, my family, and I want them around me. So that's type, you know, one type. Another type are the aspirationals. So they're not quite there in terms of being super rich, or however you choose to measure um, how wealthy they are. However, they do have their heroes. So the heroes could be a business person, it could be a famous celebrity, et cetera, et cetera. So they tend to model themselves after that. Also, there are certain cultures that are aspirational as well, certain more, some cultures more than others. And also in terms of the aspirationals, it's where you will find the most diversity. So, for example, if I were to advise a brand in terms of they have a product, they want to sell you know, of a certain price point that they want to sell, I would say look at the aspirationals because that is where you would find the most um, diversity and model your product after the heroes of your aspirational clients. Mm. Those are two examples. It goes a bit deeper because I also, being a former scientist, I also like to dive into a bit of neuroscience, human behavior, why do we buy luxury goods and that sort of thing. So that to me is fascinating anyway, but I kind of thought there's really nobody out there um, talking about these things, or if they are, it's extremely academic and it's not um, it's not in bite sized pieces for business owners who just wanna set up a business and and sell their products and services
0: right especially if you're a startup for example and you want to get into the luxury business market it's a it's a very steep gradient to get there because you're competing against bentley who has you know a, a budget a, a very very big budget for their branding and their videography and their uh, copywriting and their design firms and all of these things um, and to have somebody like yourself informing either the design agency for a company like Bentley or helping the underserved, which is really your focus. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if underserved is, is the word I want there, really focusing on the startup entrepreneur or the entrepreneurs trying to break yeah. into the market to serve these different luxury clients. Um, they are the ones that have the money to drive the economy for sure. And they exist everywhere in the world. And I think that um, they need a different, um, they need to break out of it. I, I myself was involved in a kind of aristocratic um, period. I, I was married to an aristocrat and um, we, we, our circles were very insulated. Yes, absolutely. And it was really refreshing when there was a new restaurant that was, you know, on the right level or there was a new business that could serve us or a new hotel. Um, And so there's these, there are these entry points. And I think there's a real thirst for that in these luxury communities. I could be wrong, but that was my sense.
1: Oh, you're absolutely correct. And in fact, um,
0: people, it's really, I'm
1: glad you brought that up because um, the people I call um, safety first, who want to feel safe and secure, they're often attracted to the new and innovative it sounds a bit contradictory, but they they often will have either a friend or um, and and you know they're actually the ones that would look at and a new discover new artists, for example. Be- because it's you know once they feel safe <laughs> they actually are the ones who would actually say oh you know discovered a new market you know a, a new artist discovered you know something new a new restaurant etc etc so there's the that attraction uh, for 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 discovering new things which is a bit contradictory but not so much when you kind of understand that if you've lived and what i you know as you said an insulated life where you've been kept safe The one thing you want to do is go out and explore and discover something new. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right there.
0: Yeah, not everybody wants to wear Prada. You know, they like they like the new boutique designer, um, and they want to be the first to discover it. You know,
1: (laughs) exactly. And also, they 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 often like what I call coded luxury. So it's not wearing um, somebody's symbols or logos on you know all over your. Um, right. on of your person, you're not a walking billboard mm-hmm. or a walking advertisement. Um, so the coded luxury is very much their thing, but they do love um, the the new, the innovative, and occasionally they will have an hour guard friend. <laughs> Always, there is always another god friend in the corner somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, whether you're talking about food or fashion or yeah. education or experiences, that's um, correct. You yeah. know, I think that uh, there, there is so much opportunity, and, I, and a lot of small business owners might be concerned about entering into it, but that's why they can partner with you, right? You can advise them.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, depends on your business, what stage of the, of the business you're at. Um, Even little things like, for example, the luxury sector has um, not embraced um, technology as uh, fast as they should. But having said that, there are some brands now that are entering into the metaverse. They're doing things with NFTs, um, as well as physical products, and they found a happy medium. So there are things out there that people can do um, if they haven't got the massive budgets. I mean, somebody was saying the other day that, um, you know the, uh, some luxury brands spend as much as 600 million euros in marketing and advertising. and that's why they can get um, singers like BTS to do, you know, to, to to do some advertising and marketing for them. And yet, um, whatever BTS advertises may not necessarily drive sales but it gives a visibility the constant visibility while they sell you the lipsticks and the and the perfumes
0: yeah it's very very interesting and it does take tens of millions of dollars to establish a luxury brand you know that's just like at level one so having a partner like yourself is very very valuable how can people find out more about your work um or partnering with you
1: um i am on linkedin as elizabeth Solaru. Or you can email me at elizabeth at
0: luxurybusinessemporium.com. Oh, that's great. And do you still bake? I have to ask.
1: Yes, I do. I actually still do. <laughs> I still bake because, you know, baking is my first love. <laughs> and when I have, you know, if I have a client, so for example, I could have someone saying I'm getting married in uh, the Palais Liechtenstein in Vienna. I would like you to make the wedding cake. That's an offer I can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love
1: it. I <laughs> so, you love- know, so, so, yeah, um, absolutely. Still bake and yeah still still do my thing
0: <laughs> well and so that was leads me to my next question which is about your vitality how do you maintain it as a business owner and um busy busy woman how do you how do you maintain your vitality
1: well um I used to go running um not seriously though um every other day with uh, my next door neighbor then I realized that's not enough especially when you get to a certain age so I literally had to sign a personal trainer for the last uh, few months. And it's been incredible. I wish I'd done it sooner. And because I felt in myself some sort of, you know, inertia, I don't know how to explain it. I I just felt a bit sluggish. Um, I wasn't my normal self because I'm quite, <laughs> I'm quite, you know, up and, you know, peppy and, you know, let's go get them. And I just felt a bit sluggish. So I signed up to a personal trainer and he's like clearing the cobwebs. Um, She's amazing. Um, And that's how, and of course, you know, nutrition, I can't even emphasize that enough. Um, The right nutrition is so important, Um, especially I I say my age, um, more protein, less carbs. Um, It really does work, you know, more vegetables, et cetera. But yes, um, but you, but the, having a personal trainer has been um, has been, you know, an eye opener for me.
0: Yeah, I think eye opening is a really great word because we can't see what we can't see, and that's why working and partnering with somebody like yourself, or either luxury small business, or a personal trainer, or a health coach, or whatever it is, we just can't see what we can't see, and it's really hard to achieve our own greatness because the person who stands in our way the most is always ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, any last words of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners today, Elizabeth?
1: Yes. Um. I Obviously I'd just like to say thank you so much for having me on your amazing podcast and for all the prep and, you know, absolutely excellent, amazing. And I just want to say um to everyone, um I know it's, it might be an old fashioned saying, but this too shall pass. I know there's a lot of right now, I feel there's a lot of turmoil going on, whether economically, politically, socially, there's so much unrest. Um, But I'd like everyone to know that we will get through this. We can get through this. And if you're thinking of starting anything or doing anything, don't wait till everything is perfect. Just go out there and do it with whatever you have. And somehow, if your intentions are, are right, somehow everything will align and you will do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So those are my last words.
0: I love that. If your attention intention is right. And I think that's a really important thing to just pull out and emphasize. Because a lot of the things that we want are out of alignment, right? They yeah. may be uh, from a source of greed, or um, maybe we're comparing ourselves with somebody, right? And what is what does that mean, right or wrong? And, and for me, that's like alignment. If your intentions are aligned, everything will come to fruition. I believe that. And my life has been an example, as is yours. Your life has been an example of that too. So we have to stay aligned. And what does that mean? Aligned with our truth, aligned with the cycles of nature, aligned with... Um, all the things that are, are true, like there are universal truths and that's becoming more and more challenging to to, 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 decipher out in this world. We have to be so careful, um, what we expose ourselves to, but I love how you said that everything will come to be with the right intentions.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing many people, um, need to remember again and again and again, the right intentions, you know, um, I truly believe, um, you know, be the best you can, do no harm, um, love your neighbor as yourself, because if you do not love yourself, how can you love your neighbor? So, you know, these might be corny sayings or whatever, but they are fundamental truths. Mm -hmm. And this is where we have, you know, this is where we can align all our values, regardless of who we are or where we are in the world.
0: That's right. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. thank you for listening to vitality women leading audaciously please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page if you know this episode would be a value to your community please share it on all of your social media channels Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcastjennifer backslash podcast-guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.